thanks for choosing our podcast. This is Coming Out Stories from What Goes On Media with me, Emma Goswell. This series, we've been switching things around a little bit and we've been hearing from the mums and dads of LGBT plus people to hear about those important, life-changing conversations from their perspective. Well, it's now time to meet our penultimate parent. And this is interesting. I never actually went out to seek parents who had more than one gay child, but Des is our third out of eight. He has not one, but two gay sons. Yeah, so I've got two boys, two sons. Um, Jack, who's now 21, Matthew is 17, um, just about to turn 18. My recollection of it, I would say, was a pretty regular childhood, really. Born in Nottingham, grew up down in in Newbury, moved to America for three years, which was a a wonderful experience. Oh, whereabouts? Do do tell. In New Jersey, in the Garden State. So we lived up in, in northern New Jersey, just about... 30 minutes outside New York. So that was oh, that was a lot of fun. That sounds a lot of fun. And how old were they then? They were they were 10 and 7 when we moved. So yeah, oh, came back at oh. sort of 13 and, and 10. So had had really good time at the, the American schools that they were at. And yeah, pr- I mean, pretty regular. Jack did, had some challenges with bullying along the way. So he had some not so happy moments. And did he tell you about that at the time? And were you, were you aware about what that was about? Yeah, never really got to the bottom of what it was about. Um, he's redheaded, right? And kids aren't very kind to kids that look or act a little bit different. And I think he would react, right? He'd kind of bite back and that, you know, doesn't always work with the with the bullies. Isn't it mad? So it's nothing to do with sexuality. Kids will pick on anything, it, won't they? I don't think it was really. Um, yeah. Matthew however you use the word normal pretty normal childhood i mean the in terms of sort of jack i think pretty gender typical as a as a little boy seemed to like to do boy things didn't wasn't massively sporty they both got into swimming sort of when they were over in the states got reasonably committed to that wow. um, matthew probably a little bit let on reflection less gender typical whatever that means so he like you know when he was four or five you know he wanted a, a doll for christmas and like well that's fine like why not like if he wants to nurture and care for something why not was a bit more colorful in his dress sense and all yeah. that kind of actually stuff. that's but, a great idea isn't it why don't more young boys get given dolls to look after this well, this is something that should become a thing don't you think well I, you know if you're going to hopefully care for kids at one point in yeah. your life like getting getting a sense of it early is not a terrible thing so yeah. we were never too bothered about that kind of stuff did you buy him the doll yeah 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 right. quite a little tiny tears doll with i mean it was all very meant to be realistic right so you you know had to change the nappy and you pour yeah. water in as in a fake bottle and all that kind of stuff but yeah yeah no, he, he loved the thing so. i love that you just totally accepted that because that should be totally normal but i do know that there would be parents that would go oh what no certainly not buying my son a doll and you know act like a boy not not like a girl you know it does happen doesn't it yeah yeah no i i, and it, I can't honestly remember it being an issue it was kind of like if that's what you want that's Fine, you know, That's one true. year it was that, the next year it was some Disney penguin play club thing that you want. It's like, fine, right? If that's what, 
That's, that's what floats your boat. We'll we'll support it. I think I was lucky to have um, tolerant parents as well that didn't really care about gender binaries. And my sister was into all of the dolls and had all of them, and I didn't want a single one. But they did get me my favourite gift of all time, which was Evil Knievel. You know, the little white, <sighs> the wind-up one with the motorbike. Oh. That's been on my bucket list. Oh. My friend had one and I loved it, but no, I never never quite got that. Oh, I think you can still get them, you know. <laughs> I'll get it on eBay, nostalgia purchase. Get it on eBay, brilliant. So, a fairly normal upbringing by all accounts. And then were there any inclinations that any of them were going to eventually turn around to you one day and go, Mum, Dad, I'm gay? No, I mean... Jack, not not at all. Matthew, I think before doing this this chat with you, I was sort of swapping stories with my wife, sort of um, this morning on her recollection versus my recollection. I think she she had a sense that Matthew might be gay or bi. I hadn't. I was kind of almost not dismissive of it, but I was. Just, I, was I felt like, well, look, we might be falling into a stereotype here. Like the fact that he likes more colourful clothing. Why does that mean he's gay like so i wasn't exactly it, it could be like I, don't think I was kind of in denial i just wasn't going with the stereotype now in this case the stereotype probably did turn out to be true but <laughs> i kind of didn't want to do that but no not with not with jack at all and i was you know i was the annoying dad that you know anytime they'd mention a, a female friend at school or on the bus or whatever i'd be like oh you know oh, could that be a girlfriend you know clearly wish I hadn't have been doing that at the time because that might have falsely created an impression that I would have a problem if it was a boyfriend not a girlfriend but we hadn't you know growing up I, I hadn't really had any exposure to the LGBTQ community at all didn't have family or friends I didn't grow up in an environment that struck me as being particularly you know homophobic come from a sort of reasonably you know, left-leaning slash progressive background. So, you know, it, mm. it was all live and let live, let everybody rub along. But I didn't have any role models that I could draw on as experiences. So I just assumed they were straight. I guess it was just, it was a heteronormative world that you were living in, really. It's just yeah. something that you hadn't necessarily thought about, which yeah. I guess a lot of people yeah. live in that bubble, don't they? And they're probably walking yeah. past gay people in the street all the time, or they have got gay friends and they're just not aware. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that probably was. You're right. I think that was the bubble. And then you, I think as parents, you, one of the people that we met through a, a parent support group kind of gave us this example, and it really resonated with me. When your kids are born, you shoot a movie of their life in your head, which is all your assumptions, right? It's entirely fiction, you know, but the movie that I'd shot in my head was, as you say, heteronormative, you know. They were going to get married. They were going to have kids. I'd take the grandkids to the football. Uh, you know, we'd go on family holidays to get, you know, you just, you shoot the movie of their life, which clearly bears no relation to reality and is not it's entirely <laughs> self-created fiction, but you do latch onto that. And therefore that, when they did come out, there was a, there was a switch. There was a sort of almost grieving process or readjustment process where I had to change my view of what their life was going to be like based on new information. 
So nothing to do with them, everything to do with me. Really. Yeah, but the thing is that it's interesting you pick up on them two things that parents always worry about, I think, and that is their marriage and whether they're going to have kids or not. And yet now we all know, don't we, that, that there's no barrier to that if you're LGBT. There really isn't, you know. Yeah. You can still imagine your children's wedding. You can still imagine your children being parents, can't you? Absolutely. And that's now the new movie that I've shot. But, mm. there, was a, but there was a period where that wasn't the movie that, you know, I was holding in my head. I think as parents, you worry, you know, life is harder for LGBTQ plus people. It just is still. And, you know, we can fight to try and make that not be the case. But, you know, I worried about the homophobia they'd face. I worried about, you know, particularly with, with Jack having had a some bullying along, along the way. It was like, you know, this becomes another thing that, you know, could be a, a source of that. He wants to pursue a career in the in the military, you know, and again, very, very different now. But, not, you know, when I was growing up, military was not an option for anybody that was no, and out it, and gay. And, and that was one of the last parts of um, life in the UK to change uh, and get yeah. equality, wasn't it? It wasn't till the mid-late yeah. 90s. So if you'd been, you know, if he'd been 20 years younger and wanted that career, it would have been problematic for him. Yeah. You know, I think parents worry naturally it just gave you a whole new list of things to worry about. Yeah. But they're both doing great and well and living out in proud lives, which is, you know, fills me with, with joy, really. Which is wonderful. And as we were just talking about before we pressed record, you are weirdly, and I haven't gone out of my way to try and achieve this. I'm talking to eight parents, but you are the third that has got two gay children. Out of yeah. out of two, so that's a hundred percent. And it, it must be more common than people imagine, because as I said, I didn't get my out my way to to do this within this series no. of the podcast. But I found three parents. The others have both got a girl and a boy who are, are both gay, and you've got two gay sons. So I don't know. I don't know why. I I, I don't know why either. I mean, I I went for a period of sort of trying to entertain some of the thought process around why is it nature is it nurture is it something about me and my wife or our genetics or the environment we created for our kids and honestly that really wasn't taking me anywhere and, no. and actually just the truth of the matter is they are who they are yeah. they are the way they were created now whether they you know and they came to a realization at different ages both quite young you know that they were gay and that's just how they are and that's okay yeah. and actually does it's a stupid question isn't it because no one will go oh you've got two children and they're both straight how did that happen <laughs> isn't that weird yeah, yeah. no you're right it's, it's a stupid question it's just they just are and you know gay people are born the way they're born yeah yeah and we got lucky enough that we got two so yes <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> so let's go through the process of them coming out then. So yeah. who, who came to you first? Yeah, well, both both came out to my wife first. Okay. Um, so Jack's story was, so he was, like I say, he was 16, sort of in his GCSE year at, at school and was unhappy. Um, we knew he was unhappy. We didn't know why and there was one particular evening I was actually away I was on a, a reunion with an old works team that I used to work with so I don't know whether that was a factor that I was somehow out of the mm. out of the house but my wife um, said you know they were just sitting sitting on the sofa 
he was clearly not happy and she was like what's wrong nothing's wrong come on something's wrong and he said i think i might be gay and she went over to him and put her arms around him um and um told him that was fine and that we loved him and we'd do whatever we could to support him and that he shouldn't worry i get upset about it because there was clearly part of him that worried about telling us that yeah. that he must have wrestled with that um for a period of time and that we've sort of subsequently asked him and said look did you ever you know did you worry that we wouldn't accept you that we wouldn't love you and he was sort of you know i'm you know 99 was sure you'd be fine but that one percent must have eaten away at him yeah that there was even that that doubt and that's but that's what happens does and you know do you feel guilt about that or or do you realize that that's just the way the world is i think even <laughs> if you're the most tolerant parent ever you know gay people when we grow up we always we get all these messages from the world not just our parents telling us that we're wrong so it's not necessarily anything you've said it's just yeah, the world, no, the world no, no. being against us yeah again i mean you you know i, I reflect back on some of those you know when he'd talk about a female friend and i would say oh is she your girlfriend you know had i created the impression of you know that's what i wanted yeah not not deliberately or consciously or trying to create barriers but inadvertently could i have implied that we wouldn't be loving or accepting and i, I you know i don't know you can't well you can't change the past on this stuff no, I, no, you can't. I suspect a lot of it was just where he was you know in his process of discovery and it was it was quite a long time after he told us he didn't want us to tell anybody else didn't want to tell his brother oh. um ironically who i think at the point where jack had only told us we subsequently found out his brother at the same school was probably out with his friends oh, but really? they didn't yeah they didn't, they didn't know. know so they didn't have the conversation yeah no so that came a little bit later on you know and he he you know he had a very phased approach to coming out didn't really come out to his friends at school until very late on i think he was he was shortly before he he left just before his his a levels and interestingly that came about the, the way he tells it he was in a sort of group discussion and one of the boys was just being really homophobic and jack kind of i think basically confronted him and said like what well, i'm gay like so what's your problem wow. like he was all, i think he almost felt like backed into arguing back yeah it was, it was anger that sort of forced him out of the closet it was like i would yeah. not have gay people talked about like that because yeah, i know yeah. differently because i am gay yeah but then i think when he went off to university that was a much more liberating experience he could be who he was right from the outset he got mm. fully involved in the gay scene and gay clubs and um you know started started living his best life until covid got in the way which was a bit of a oh. bit of a bind for all of the kids that, oh that no i feel so sorry for students during covid it's just the it's time of your life away, when yeah. you want to go out and party and mix with loads of different people and to yeah. you know, not be and able to do that must and been. it's been great actually he's you know he's to see his confidence and self-confidence grow he's living abroad for a year at the moment as part of his studies and wonderful you know it's just great Right. Mm. And any partners, any potential? Uh, yeah, hubbies yeah. He's got a boyfriend, somebody that's been with for for just over a year. So, yeah. um, 
Fabulous. Yeah. So that's interesting though. So he came out to you at 16, but then sort of stayed in the closet in terms of being out at school for, for another couple of years. Yes, yeah. yeah. And even longer than that, actually, with grandparents. So my, my parents aren't around anymore, but my, my wife's parents are. So mm. he wasn't out with them or, or really with any sort of family and friends. I mean, his friends, yes, but, our, you know, our friends, not so much. Whereas Matthew actually was, was the opposite. So Matthew's, so he came out at 14, wow. um, which was about kind of 18 months after his brother. There's just about three, three and a half years between them. And by this stage, did he know that his brother was gay? Yeah. Well, yes, but only just. So yeah. Matthew, again, came out to his mum first. It was just before he went back to school in the September. And we'd been out for, for lunch in the town that we live in. And we were walking back to the car. He was with his mum. I was in front with with his brother. And apparently he sort of almost just sort of blurted out to her to go, I'm, I'm gay. And it was like a big relief. And it, apparently he'd sort of made a vow to himself that he was going to be out to us before he went back to school. Part of the reason being he was out at school already. So he'd been out with his friends kind of in the year before. And so in his head, I think, the you know, the, the, the next hurdle was tell your parents. So it, it was apparently only in that summer that the boys themselves had had a, a conversation where they kind of come out to each other. Oh, wow. um, so, yeah, Jack, Jack had been out with us, but not anybody else. In the meantime, Matthew had been out of school and with his friends, but not with us. Both times it was my wife who told me. So Jack had spoken to her. She phoned me and said, you know, Jack's come out as gay. Just don't want you being surprised, you know, when you get home. Same thing with Matthew. It was like, you know, Matthew's, um, you know, just come out. So it, but Matthew was a lot more... I wouldn't say matter of fact. It was just kind of like, it was like, oh, okay, fine, cool. But it sounds like it wasn't even a, a topic of conversation and he wasn't upset. He just decided to blurt it out. You might have been talking about the colour of the sky and he just went, oh, yeah. I'm gay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he'd, I think he just, he'd set himself a, a, like a self-imposed deadline of, yeah. I'm going to tell you before I go back to school so that I can be fully out. And he, he was much happier, much quicker. In fact, you know, he wanted his grandparents to know. So I got the job of, um, I, I seem to be the one that gets to tell the other people. Oh, okay. so I, got the, I got the job of telling the grandparents. And how did that go? They were great. I mean, they're, they're, they're elderly. We were a little worried about their reaction. Generational thing, right? I mean, yeah. it's, it's they're, they're in the mid eighties now, but actually they were fine. And they were like, well, of course, we, you know, they're our grandsons, we, we love them. So yeah, Matthew was, was out with them really quite quickly. Jack, not for a number of years. Um, he was like, oh, no, I don't, not sure I want them to know. And and it was only actually, I think, as he, when he was in a relationship and therefore it was, you know, there was a realistic prospect really? that they might meet his boyfriend. And yeah. he was like, well, I, I bet, you know, I better tell them. But again, it was like, you tell them and let me know how they reacted. Gosh. So when Matthew came out to you, did he not just go, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, your brother is as well. Or did he not out Jack? Or did he I can't know? remember actually. I can't. It's a good question. I can't actually remember. I think at that point, fairly quickly, we'd established they were out to each other. Uh, okay. But there had been a period where you know we would want to talk to Jack or he would want to talk to us, and we'd have to find quiet moments when his younger brother wasn't around, you know, to <laughs> snatch a conversation. So 
when everybody's out, when everybody's out there, it just makes life easier. You're not, nobody's... No sneaking around. Pretend, no sneaking around. Yeah. I bet you wish you were a fly on the wall, though, for that conversation between those two. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I should, actually. Tonight, when he gets back from school, I'll ask him tonight, like, who prompted <laughs> who. It's, what? You as well? Like, <laughs> I'm not sure how that would have happened. Yeah, it must have been it must have been a surprise for both of them, I guess, because they're both sort of, you know, not battling with yeah. it, that's the wrong word, but coming to terms with it. And yeah. then to find out that your brother is gay, it must give you some solace or some camaraderie. I don't know. It must bring them closer. Are they quite yeah. close? I, I think they've, they've got closer over time. I mean, three, three and a half years gap when you're younger is quite a big gap. Yeah. You live in very different lives. Totally. Now, as they get, you know, Matthew's becoming a young adult in his own right. Jack is an adult. They're starting to have a lot more in common. They're starting to be able to converse and connect on more equal terms. So that's quite nice to to see. So did Matthew get on all right then coming out at school? Because that's pretty good to come out at 14 and have all your mates at school, you know. Yeah, he, um, he, he seems to have had. I mean, I think he's at an all-boys school, which is, I think, can be challenging. And certainly the way Jack described it, there was a reasonable amount of sort of homophobia that he witnessed, if not experienced, to to other boys that were out. And I'm sure that was playing on his mind as well, that he was witnessing it and thinking, oh, God, I'm gay too. Like, you know, Mm. that must have been painful. Matthew, I think there seems to be a different cohort. There's some other, you know, gay and and pan kids at, at school. You know, he's been involved in restarting like a diversity group. So they've he's been quite active about it. Um, and he's like genuinely been quite proud in every sense of the word, almost from day one. So not um, I think the year following him coming out to us, we live not far from Oxford. He was like, I'm going to march in Oxford Pride with my friends. And we were like, OK, great. Cool. Like, so he was. So has he done that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so he was he was fifteen and you know joining the pride pride march with some of his friends and you know other friends from a local girls' school and 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 in some ways he's just disarmed the bullies because the bullies have power over you until you say yeah I am and so what yeah and, and your point is and Matthew was quite chippy from that point of view so I think in some ways him being quite powerfully out in some ways probably neutralized whatever power any of the homophobic mm. bullies yeah might have had yeah it's really good to hear actually because it's just so far amused from my childhood and being at school in the oh. 80s and so many people i've spoken to but the fact that we now do yeah. have lgbt groups within schools you know people as young as your son 14 or 15 going to pride marches it's just brilliant and last year for pride month the school flew the inclusion flag, which I think was the first time ever. And that was something that the diversity group had pushed for. We'd been in and talked to the headmaster, you know, on on behalf of Matthew, because there was one, you know, incident that we weren't particularly happy with. Um, So we ended up speaking to the head and actually had what felt like quite a constructive conversation about, well, what more training could you do? And I I think, you know, all all schools are different, right? They're going to be on different places on their experience but you know we were kind of challenging the headmaster who was saying you know oh yes you know we we uh, you know our heads of pastoral care or whatever you know they've been trained and we were like well what about all teachers because it happens in every class like shouldn't you train every teacher and 
And actually, here's a link to Stonewall's teacher training materials. And maybe you could, could, you know, so we got quite proactive with the school in terms of what more they could do. And maybe they were on that path already. Maybe we helped nudge them along. But I think there's certainly much a much more apparent commitment to inclusivity than maybe there would have been. And certainly more than I think Jack felt he had at that time. So I don't know whether it's a change in the school, a different cohort of kids a bit of both and being helped by you as parents as being allies to lgbt people which is brilliant yeah, i hope see. so yeah i mean it's it, one of the things that i've discovered I, i've sort of got much more actively involved you know i've, I've realized i think the power of allyship genuine mm. allyship and advocacy so i've got got more heavily involved in my company's pride network which i i held back from for quite a while because I, I i had the false impression that the Pride Network was for the LGBTQ plus community. And because I wasn't LGBTQ plus, that I'm that's not my place. Like that I'd somehow be intruding or virtue signaling or whatever. So I kind of held myself back. And actually, now that you get involved, it, you know, it's probably 50-50 allies Great. and direct members of, of the community. And consistently a message that comes back is, we need allies, right? We can't, This is not a fight we should fight on our own. It's sometimes even more powerful when you're the people to call it out and speak up rather than waiting for us to speak up and then you agree, like, like why don't you lead the fight? And that's been, that's kind of opened my eyes. And, you, you know, just heartbreaking stories of people who did not have love and acceptance you know, from their parents, it's just it's heartbreaking. So, well, you know, I've done done joined webcasts through the work network to just try and share my story because if that helps one other parent when their child comes out to go, it's okay, not oh my god, get out. You know, what have we done wrong? You know, then it's worth it to to share that story. Do you know what? I can't believe that you have this guilt in you just because you made a couple of throwaway comments about, oh, who's that girl on the bus? Is she your girlfriend? When you know for a fact how much worse it could be. I mean, I've spoken to plenty of people whose parents constantly, you know, if there was ever, ever any gay kisses or stuff about gay people on TV, mm. they go, that's disgusting, and they turn it off, and all those messages, and worse, you know, and actually, actually yeah. said to their own children, you better not turn out like that. You better not be gay. Don't be telling me you're gay. You'll be thrown out that. You know, all of those signals. So, you know, a million times worse happens to kids. So you, yeah. you mustn't beat yourself up about just being the heteronormative parent and assuming people might be girlfriends. There's yeah. a lot worse that goes on, believe well, me. Well, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. So why did you want to get involved in FLAG then? Why, why was that important to you? Yeah, so it was my wife found found FLAG and there was a lo- the nearest sort of group to us at the time it it was kind of online resources on the web and then a face-to-face meeting in Bristol that was originally set up by a wonderful lady called Sue Allen and her husband Bob and I think we just wanted some assurance that we were doing the right thing whatever the right thing is and help just to learn from other people that have navigated this somebody had said you know when when your parents uh, sorry, when your kids come out to you, you you go into a closet of your own making, right? And, you know, and I appreciate for, for my kids, you know, they come out all the time, you know, every time they're in a 
new scenario with new people yep. and it's kind of the same for us now as well because you'll have a you know you have that conversation with a new work colleague that might say you know oh and if your sons you know they do they have a partner and you go yeah they've got a boyfriend you know and then you yeah you know yep. you're, you're outing them so it, it is a, a constant process and I think we did genuinely we, we touched on it earlier but the um the fact that both our sons was gay there was a bit of a kind of what's going on here you know why might this be happening and and you know there was a grief I now recognize it as grief grief for the the life that I imagined they were gonna have an easier life an easier life every parents really just wants their kids to have as good a life as they can have whatever that entails and we the reality was we knew this was gonna make life more difficult more challenging and how could we support them through that and just learning from wise parents that had been there before done that lived mm. through it, it it was was brilliant so yeah so we got involved with with the group we've stayed involved with the group and actually now we're probably at the stage I mean I learn every meeting we're now doing kind of zoom calls one of the unexpected bonuses of covid it moved everything online and when you move online you realize you can be inclusive so the fact that you can't get to a community hall in bristol is not a barrier right we can we can talk and and share with everybody i always learn something but we're now at a stage where we're able to start sharing our experiences with the parents that come along last month we had a call and people like yeah two weeks ago my, my son came out and i don't quite know what to make of it and what to do and being able to just cast our mind back to where we were share our stories if that helps people navigate you know that's a good thing that leads me to my final question probably which is you know what is the best bit of advice that that you learned along the way about being a parent to a gay child or children it was a truth that i learned early which is that your child being gay is not a choice nobody's choosing this it is who they are Hmm. right and they're wonderful as they are I didn't sit down when I was 14 or 15 and weigh up the pros and cons and decide I was going to be straight, (laughs) right? I just was. Because if you think it's a choice, your brain goes to, well, what did we do and what, you know. How can we change this? Yeah. How could we change it? And actually it isn't. It just is. It's the Mm -hmm. truth of who they are. And actually the blessing, the fact that our kids came out relatively young, the positive of that is we know who they really are much earlier. Mm -hmm. Right. Nobody's been living a lie. Nobody's been, you know, having to hide who they truly are. They can be free and out. And that's a wonderful thing to do it. You talking to some of the other parents, their kids came out to them at least much later. And I think some of them found that quite hard, you know, that it was later in life or that everybody else knew first or whatever. We did we didn't have that. So genuinely it's a blessing that they came out young. So number one, it's not a choice. Number two, it's okay as a parent to struggle with this a bit right it is different it is so you know I think some people parents have guilty feelings about how you're feeling about it uh, the, the the situation it's okay it's normal it's natural you're readjusting to a new bit of information and that information brings with it you know some worries and mm. some changes and, and that's okay so it's okay to not be okay it's not at all a choice and the real joy is that you're there to love and support your kids and enable them to live their best life. And that 
yeah. Sorry, that wasn't one piece of advice at all, Emma. <laughs> That's fine. And it ended on the best one. So, yeah, you're there to celebrate their life and love them who they are, really. Um, so will you all be going to some Pride events, maybe, as a family? Hopefully. Well, yeah, bizarrely enough, it might be that me, me and their mum go to London Pride this year. We've got We've signed up Great. to do that. I'm not sure whether the boys will come or not, so we, we might go. <laughs> we might go without them. This is brilliant. You become more gay than they have. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a fabulous Proud Father T-shirt that I wear with pride. Brilliant, Des. So great to chat to you. And you will look awesome in your Proud Father T-shirt. Uh, and thank you, Des, for being such a great ally too. What you've done to help make your son's school more LGBT inclusive is nothing short of brilliant. We need our allies. Well, we've had a few parents now who are part of the brilliant flag organisation and charity. It does seem, doesn't it, that there's real power to be found in getting together and sharing advice and experiences when it comes to parenting. So if you feel like you need some help or maybe your parents could benefit, you can find out more at fflag.org.uk. That's fflag.org.uk. And don't forget, you can interact with us and follow us on social media. We are Come Out Stories on Twitter and Coming Out Stories Pod on Instagram. Go find us. So we'll be back soon to business as usual, hearing from LGBT plus people. But before that, we have one more parent to hear from. Next episode, you'll hear Tracy with an age-old tale of a young boy with a love of dressing up. He loved dressing up. And the dressing up box, it was always the, the girls' outfits he was putting on. He was always a bit of a performer. He was always, always made people laugh. So it was Jake being Jake and, and that was it. His, you know, his dad was fine with that because all the kids had the dressing up box. They were all trying all different things on or he'd come down making shows dressed in my bra and knickers. <laughs> Looking back, I probably should have known. But <laughs> for me, it was just kids being kids.